The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. You're now listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Emma. This is Leo. Hi. And Catherine, unfortunately, couldn't be here today, but we are very excited to be in the studio with a special guest, singer, songwriter, friend, Kyoko, aka Ginger Brew. Hi, Kyoko. Hi. And, of course, accompanying her is uh, Raz on cello. Hi, Raz. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, okay. it's a cellist approach to saying hello. Yeah. Um, and they'll be sharing some musical magic with us. Um, so, hi, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Firstly, we'd like to start all our shows with a question of do you have a gripe? So, Leo, do you have a gripe? I'm really happy that you asked me this because actually, like, when this happened, I was like, that would make a great gripe. Like, it's got to that point in Very Loose Women in my life and the two coinciding where it's no longer me living for life, it's me living to have things to say in the gripe section. For anecdotes, that's how I live my life. That's like, every time something bad happens, you can say, it's okay because it's going to make a great story in like five years when I get over it and stop crying. That's what I thought (laughs) when I took the independent quiz. How creepy are you? (laughs) And how creepy were you? I am apparently very creepy. Now, the thing that freaks me out about this is that, so there are many things that freak me out about this. First of all is that I'm creepy, but also... (laughs) The other ones, is the picture of how creepy are you was like Scarlett Johansson and then John Travolta giving her a creepy kiss. And in that situation, I'm John Travolta. And that just, uh it's really creepy. You never want to be John Travolta in any situation. I don't think you do, no. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Did you yeah. ever suspect that you were creepy before? I didn't know I was creepy. I think, because then, then I took the quiz again, like a few days later, because it was really on my mind. And I still got quite creepy. Like, I think I'm just creepy. And I'm, you're not even uncreepy enough to be able to lie about how creepy I you are. Know, That's the problem. I know. It's, I, oh. So they ask me things like, how, how is saying goodbye to people? Do you find it awkward? And it's like, sometimes it's awkward. It's very, always very awkward. I'm very bad at saying goodbye to people. So I was like, yeah, it's always very awkward. Oh, that I always just be. leave. I never say bye. You would probably oh. be classed as very creepy. I just leave. No, that's not creepy. No one oh. actually cares, though, if you don't say bye. You know Do what people mean? care if I'm creepy? Oh, that's a different mm, question. I think Kyoko's kind of edging away a little bit, <laughs> having heard that news. So I think, yes, people do care. Do you have a gripe? Yeah, yeah, I was just saying to Raz, like we were on our way here, and I feel like on the tube, a lot of times, you know, you'll be on the elevator, and then everyone will be facing one direction, and it's very strange. And it's Facing just, one direction, yeah. as in the heartthrobs, Neil... Harry, <laughs> etc. Exactly. I don't know the names of all the members of One Direction, I'll be honest. I know, me neither. Um, but yeah, they just kind of influence you and say, this is the way we're supposed to be standing. So I've been doing this thing where I just completely face the other direction and then face everyone at the same time and just stare at them the whole time or start talking because, yeah, why does everyone have to face one direction on the subway? I don't understand. Are we trying to prove something? Like, we all know where we are, and we all know which way we're getting out, and that shows that we are not tourists, perhaps? Exactly. Maybe I'm just a tourist. I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, My gripe of the day (laughs) is not really a gripe of the day, and it's not actually about me, and it's not really a gripe at all. You are failing this section. But it's an anecdote of the week, if you will. I recently went on a date with a man, and um, five minutes into our walking tour of the east of London, great date idea, thanks. He was just kind of like, oh, oh no. And he touched his head and was like, a bird just shat on my head. And he was like quite embarrassed and had to like clean it off with some 
water from a bottle and some tissue that he had with him. Luckily, he was like a bald man, so it didn't actually like affect him too much. But I think it was an auspicious start to a date. I won't say any more in case he's listening. Um, <laughs> that just gave away way too much. No, nothing was said. Um, okay, so let's get into the real meat of the show. Kyoko, how much we love Kyoko and how much we want to hear you sing. <laughs> I recently like saw you perform at the Fiddler's Elbow in Camden and it was like a really lovely gig. Um, oh, on stage, you. you mentioned that your dad was a jazz musician and I thought it was really interesting because I kind of wondered like whether or how it affected your desire to make music or be a musician like did it put you off did he put you off did he encourage you did it make you think like I really don't want to do that because he did it like how did it affect you yeah I definitely kind of shut off music I would say for about a decade or so um probably because of him in a lot of ways and I just feel like I kind of saw all the behind the scenes stuff that you don't really think about when you see musicians on stage in terms of yeah, seeing everything from my mom's side and seeing how much she gave up in terms of supporting music and supporting his music and feeling like music might be a selfish thing to pursue, actually. Um, so it took me like a few years to really get over that and say, actually, it doesn't have to be like that, really. So I kind of thought about us in the studio as well. Mm. I'm not sure our professions or careers or jobs or whatever they are, not vocations, um, are as glamorous, maybe. But like, I wondered if our parents' professions or lack thereof made a difference to what we decided to do so i remember thinking when i was like 13 or 14 like i'm not gonna fall into the trap that my parents fell into which is never making any sorry if they're listening not making a ton of decisions about your life that's <laughs> what i mean respect <laughs> to you both um like i'm just gonna like pick something and go for it and i put so much pressure on myself to do that and i just couldn't do it at any point um but they kind of like they brought me up with like a set of kind of values which is creativity and aesthetics trumps everything so I'm a lot more moderate than both of my parents in terms of aesthetics like I don't mind if things don't look great whereas they for example both have nose jobs as you know they both put a lot of emphasis on like their houses looking very beautiful with like antique furniture and that's just not a priority for me like I literally pick furniture off off the street and I love it but in terms of like being very creative and not having a structure to my life, I think I've taken a lot from them. And I, for example, like not having a nine to five doesn't bother me, whereas I know people who that makes them quite nervous if they don't have like all these backup options and things or like a sense of security, whereas like, I was kind of brought up in a sense of not having that. So like I kind of set out to not fall into all of the I would call them traps that my parents fell into and like ended up doing exactly the same thing as them like mm. emphasis on traveling on seeing the world on like being happy and living for the moment and when that I was, sounds awful <laughs> when I was like 17 I was like that is not me I need to like have a structured life and career and I just like have never been able to do that I tried doing it for two years and it like destroyed my soul I just can't I can't do it. I was wondering as well for you, Kyoko, if your dad was a musician, did it make you think like, I want to have like a very kind of, yeah, as you say, like almost like rigid, like nine to five, like, you know, like very stable. Yeah, I guess yeah. my idea of, of that as far as I could go was to pursue film. <laughs> and I thought that was more logical than music for some reason. So that's what I studied uh, for my undergrad and thought that, yeah, I could pay bills that way with film and never took any music classes really. But yeah, then you kind of see yourself going into patterns that you can't really help. If, yeah, that's if what, what you I want to do. Or and and I, grew up. I, I don't know, I'm reticent because I feel like a lot of it is my decision. But then if I look at it, kind of perhaps if I take a step back, I can see where my parents are in my life. Not as in physically, they're both from France, but like actually how they've influenced me. And it's a lot more than I would. Do you want to admit? Then I, then I maybe counted on. 
Um, I guess, like, in terms of my parents, like, my mum always told me that her career was, like, quite an insecure career, the the very glamorous world of virology, specifically herpes virus research, which is maybe doesn't seem like it'd be really insecure, but, like, she was always like, you can never get a stable job here, <laughs> which, like, seems really ridiculous when you're talking about people who are, like, artists or musicians or, like, filmmakers. But it's hard to get, to, to keep a job in the herpes virus world. And I guess, like, what I also could have been... Which trauma- is ironic, really. Yeah, because it stays with you for life. But I guess I was also, like, something that I could have been more traumatised by as well is, like, my dad's a mathematician, and I think a lot of people have a very traumatic relationship with, like, mathematics but i have like no strong feelings either way about algebra like i don't really mind if they had their choice i would be like a doctor definitely like they were very much like we want everyone in the family to be a doctor so my brother kind of took that over for me so i don't have to there was like a moment where i was kind of looking for structure just after university and i was like oh maybe i'll do a law conversion because all of my friends were doing one i remember going to see the Wallace Collection in London with my dad and we had a little coffee in that weird conservatory place. He's like, don't be a lawyer. It's a horrible profession. You oh my must God. never do that. Opposite of my parents, anytime, do you know what it is? Anytime we have an argument and I kind of trump them at their own game, they're like, they're like, oh, so good at arguing. You should be a lawyer. So now it's like anytime I win an argument, I get that you should be a lawyer <laughs> said to me. So it's almost like a kind of motivation not to win an argument so I don't have to be told to become a lawyer again. They spent a again. long time paying lawyers to divorce each other. So they both have a kind of like very strong hatred of lawyers. Maybe that's why. I think that kind of links us on to the song that you have, Dancer. Can you yeah, maybe explain yeah, a bit yeah. about why I might have thought it would link? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I was kind of inspired by yeah my own experiences with seeing my dad as an artist and a father and also after reading Gil Scott Heron's biography. Um, he talks a little bit about, in the last chapter, about how he was kind of incapable to love in his personal relationships in that way and kind of the compromises that he had to make as an artist and his personal relationships. So, yeah, that's kind of what the song's about. I'd like to dedicate this song to all the musicians' wives in the house who swallowed their pain, swallowed their tears, got stuck in the in-between. Oh, you like the way he moves from your tip to toe to shoes. Oh, you like the way he spins round your conversation, sir, 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 goes. Oh, you like his figure from your glare, he figures you do. And if you let him all tap right through your soul. And when the numbers speak and ask for more, you better get yourself up off the floor. And y'all shall dance for you after the kids sleep, darling. Most definitely too busy surviving to argue about Darwin, darling, come on. Too lyrical, follow a footsteps through the radio, through the flow, hall, family, kitchen. And baby stroller shopping malls And when you miss the size and lullabies You better know your sweat will comfort those who cry Who do you 
Cause I found myself alone again. I found myself alone again. And yes, my thoughts they crumble, crawling crude, criminal circles. When will thunder? Yeah, it feels like I've been here before. She only visits when I found myself alone again. I found myself alone again. Let me enter. It's a pressing matter. Just so. Did anyone think of anything well, during that song? I'm, I'm going through a kind of breakup period, but it's like la- it's lasting like a long time. There was like four months of just it being absolutely horrible, and then it's like, wait, there are all these things about me that I totally forgotten that you just kind of put on the down low while you know you're adapting to someone, and then that person's no longer there, and you're just like, wow, it's me again. Yeah, exactly. And, and you have all this free time. You it's know? really exciting. To yourself again, and you're like, actually, mm. I can't believe I spent all that time. On this other person, when really, yeah, there's I'm the this best person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't gotten to know really yeah. and haven't listened to. So, well, I thought you might have said like a special like on love potion or like some sort of crazy ginger brew, but no, that's okay. <laughs> Just kind of moving on then. I think I wanted to kind of talk about as well. Like, do you feel like you have a duty, or do you feel like an interest in producing kind of political type of music? There's a song that you played at the gig that I saw you at before, um, and you talked about. I guess, like, the kind of experience of Asian people in America and maybe talking about, like, Asian activism within America and maybe you could tell us a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I have a song called If We All Wait and it's kind of talking about the history of Asian Americans in America. And, um, yeah, I felt like growing up in the United States, race was always projected as a black or white issue and I kind of didn't know where I fit in all the time. And I think through my music as well, I'm always conscious about that. Like, what what would a fourth grade version of me want to see, kind of, and hear more about? And 
Yeah, I feel like it wasn't until I really did my own research about Asian American history and activists like Yuri Kochiyama, who's most well known for holding Malcolm X's head after he was assassinated. Um, and then kind of they kind of had a close relationship. But learning about activists like her and Grace Lee Boggs and Fred Ho, all these people, and also learning about yeah Japanese American internment camps, Chinese Exclusion Act, all these things that make up America what it is today. Kind of realizing that it's really important to learn about your history. Is that something that you know, your family particularly encouraged, or is it something you kind of had to like go on your own and discover? Or? Yeah, I feel like I had to go on my own really and do the research, and then. Yeah, it's been really nice kind of meeting other activists as well in America and building with them. I'm just starting to get into, like, Jewish history at the moment, everyone. It's very exciting for me. And I think my parents probably try to engage me in, like, particular family-type history sometimes. But I like, know a nothing... lot about your family history. Have you read our family history? I've looked at a lot of photographs when yeah, I, was, you probably know when more I stayed than at me. your mum's. Yeah. But I think sometimes it takes, like, an outsider to like look at a family and be like oh this happened and ask all those questions mm. that you might not necessarily ask as part of that family Definitely. so I'm now like you know at the ripe old age of 28 being like oh actually that was really interesting that this happened to this person and that person and I'm kind of trying to get a bit of a more of a picture of a general Jewish experience mm. at the moment but yeah I think sometimes you have to come to it like a bit later and be like that's actually really important and really interesting my yeah sister's... why didn't I know about this earlier really? yeah, yeah. My, my sister's going on a kind of adventure of finding stuff out about our family because both my parents would just kind of like especially my dad would say fleeting things and then not really go into it and we don't know which parts are true and like maybe he makes stuff up it's like not clear so she like started googling stuff and she found out loads of stuff about this grandmother that I'd never met a lot of things about her life because she was a writer and and then also found the records of when my family entered Switzerland um, and what they were written down of. So, so when they went through, they were actually stateless, even though they were coming from France. But because they were refugees, um, when they went in, they were like written as one thing. But then when they entered Switzerland, they were another thing. Yeah. Um, do you want to give that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear children, tell me what have you done? As the aliens, others not given the choice not to be a slave. Somebody's gone, bodies to quit them. Their choice to a sweeter trade. Their choice to a Covered in my life. 
But the cage will kill us all. But the cage will kill us all. But the cage will kill us all. 'Cause I gotta say, if we all wait for our say, we'll be here forever. If we all wait for our say, we'll be here forever. Yeah, we say, we say, yes, yes, and no, no. Fighting for our mother country, while mothers were interned. One too many hundred thousands. Come on, come on, come on. 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 'Cause while we pray and march for hands up, don't shoot. But do we gotta ask? Hands up, don't lose. You and me, we share no equal struggles. But the cage will kill us all. 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 'Cause I gotta say, if we all wait for our say, we'll be here forever. If we all wait for our say. Thank you so much. That was amazing, and we're really running out of time. So I just want to say thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the show. Yeah, um, if you want to check you out, they can see you on Twitter. Your Ginger Brew. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com. <laughs>